everybody and welcome to Growth Week. This is a monthly week-long conversation that is aimed at helping you grow in every aspect of your life. If the truth be told, everyone wants to live a good, healthy and vibrant life. But I'm here to tell you that a vibrant life is grown on purpose. It just doesn't happen by accident. So, no matter who you are or where you are in life, whether you are a businessman, a church leader or a housewife, this podcast will challenge you and all your organization to grow intentionally towards your God-given purpose. My name is Justin Duro. I'm a certified John Maxwell Leadership Coach and I'm also the lead pastor here at Word of Truth Ministry. With me in the studio is one of our ministry directors and co-hosts, Robin Aldea. Welcome to all our podcast listeners. Today we are continuing our conversation that we started on Monday all about healthy relationships. And so we have covered the topic of how not to suck at relationships. And yesterday we spoke about getting over yourself. And so if you're wondering what that's all about, if you haven't listened yet, we want to encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes because I know that they will help you in building healthy relationships. Now, today we are continuing that conversation and we are challenging you to deal with your trust issues. Now, you may be sitting on the other side thinking, hey, I don't have any trust issues, but trust me, trust me, you want to listen to this episode because it may surprise you. It may surprise you that in some of the principles that we're going to share today, you might just have a light bulb moment and realize that, hey, I need to work on this relationship in my life. I need to work on this corner of my heart to make sure that I am bringing my best self into all the the relationships that I'm a part of. Because the truth is, is that we see so many relationships fall apart these days. People are not just in sustainable long-term relationships anymore, whether that be romantic relationships, even marriages are falling apart, you know, um, friendships, actually even family relationships, Pastor Jay, if you think about it. And so why do so many personal and even business relationships fall apart? Obviously, there are many reasons for that, but I think at the root of most of them, it would be because of broken trust in some way or another. What do you think? Yes, Robin, I I agree with you. You are right. At the heart of most of um, failing relationships is a trust issue. And trust issues are characterized by fear, uh, fear of betrayal, fear of abandonment, or fear of manipulation. And many times we have these fears deep inside and we don't know or realize rather that our fears are actually manifesting as trust issues to the people around us. It's so easy to to think you've, you don't have any trust issues, but I want to say to you, if you have any of these fears, even if it's just like, um, you know, something that you've been struggling with secretly and no one has ever said that, you must understand that unless you deal with these secret fears, unless you deal with the fear of betrayal, abandonment, and manipulation, you are going to manifest some form of trust issues. And just to help you, I'm going to give you very quickly six signs uh, that will um, 
indicate that you probably have some trust issue. Number one, you assume betrayal. I've met so many people that assume betrayal. Number two, you await betrayal. You, you know, you assume someone will betray you in due time. You might have a very good friend and for some reason, you're almost just waiting for them to betray you. Number three, you are overly protective. I know people that are in relationships that they are overly protected protective of the people that they relate into, uh, the people that they love. And they almost feel like if I'm not that protective, this person is going to be disloyal. And then number three, you distance yourself from others. I'm seeing this more and more. People with trust issues are just distancing themselves from others. They decide to limit their relationships in order to avoid that fear of betrayal or abandonment. No one is going to betray, betray me. No one is going to abandon me or reject me. So they just distance themselves from relationships. So if you have been distancing yourself, maybe you've got some trust issues. Lastly, another indicator that you may have trust issues is that you don't forgive even the smallest of mistakes. Um, you make a big deal when somebody does something small, just kind of offends you or mistreats you and these things are in themselves indicators that there are some deep trust issues that you're having to deal with. Wow, Pastor Jay, I don't think anyone is safe from, from this one. I think that all of us have at some point or another had trust issues. And honestly, if I'm looking at just you sharing those things, <laughs> I've put, I've been there. I've been there where, you know, you just want to protect yourself from, um, you know, having your trust broken again or something like that. But we believe that these principles that we're going to share with you today are really going to help you identify whether you have those trust, trust issues and even more if you are a trustworthy person, because it all starts with ourselves. We cannot look at others like we've been saying since the very first episode of the series. We cannot look at others. We need to look at ourselves first before That's we can right. look at anyone else. And so Pastor Jay, why don't you give us that first principle? All right, so the first principle is the bedrock principle. It simply states that trust is the foundation of any relationships. And that's basically what we were trying to say in our introduction, Robin. When, when you think of foundations in terms of construction, if you want to build a chicken coop, you know, you don't need a deep foundation. You don't, sometimes you don't even need a foundation. Just, you know, uh, start building and it'll be fine. But if you want to build a skyscraper, if you want to build like a three-story, four-story building, you want to make sure that your foundation is right. And many times we want good, healthy relationships, but we're not willing to work on the foundation. We're not willing to spend years just building this foundation. Like in construction, when you're building it's one layer at a time, one course at a time. You don't just build a building overnight and trust cannot be developed or built overnight. And most times I hear people, they come into a new relationship and they're like, oh yeah, trust me. No, we can't trust you. Trust is, is not given, it's earned. So it takes time and you need to work on that. And it's always going to be one layer at a time. It takes time to build trust, but it can be lost overnight. Mm -hmm. As in construction, it will take years to build a big building, but you can destroy it like quickly. So same applies to trust. It will take you a long time to establish trust, but if you are not careful, you can lose it 
overnight. And then trust comes from integrity, which means again, like what you said, Robin, it starts with us. We have to look at ourselves. Integrity is basically uh, the ability to lead yourself. Are you able to live a life that is congruent with your belief systems, with your principles? Are you the same person you say you are? I actually want to say to our podcast listeners, if you want people to trust you, you have to first ask yourself this question. Can the people I'm relating to or with, can they really trust the person I am in private? Mm -hmm. Because you can pretend to have your life all right in public, but you know the real you. And can they trust that person? And if you can't say yes to that, there is a real problem and you need to work on it. But Pastor Jay, I think even more, can you trust yourself kind of thing? Because yeah, it's easy for, like you said, it's easy to kind of put up this face and pretend to be this person that you're really not. But can you trust yourself? Mm -hmm. Do you keep the promises you make to yourself? The yeses and no's that you make to yourself, you know? And if you constantly breaking your own word, then you need to work on that because you can't, Expect others to trust you if you cannot even trust yourself. Very true. And so we want to help you build self-trust. If you're not honest with yourself, you will not be capable of being honest with others. Self-deception is the enemy of all your relationships. So are you being true to yourself? And again, trust cannot be compartmentalized. You cannot say, oh, I'm a trustworthy person in this particular area. You have to be trustworthy period. So the the mistake people make is like, they kind of think, well, you can trust me with money. You can trust me with this, but you can't trust me. Mm. No, if we can't trust you in a particular area, we cannot trust you at all. So don't compartmentalize this trust matter. You need to be just a trustworthy person. And again, just to help you build this trust, I want you to understand that trust is like a bank account. You cannot withdraw what you have not deposited. Uh, Don't go around asking people to trust you. You have to deposit. And how do you deposit into this bank account? It's through your life. It's through Mm. your character. It's uh, let your yes be a yes, your no be a no. And you do this consistently so that other people can look into your life and actually say, wow, over the years we have seen you prove to be trustworthy and they will begin to trust you. Mm. You can take us to the second principle, Robin. Right. So the second principle for me personally, this is a huge one because, um, yeah, I can tend to make things uh, more about a situation than about a person. So this Mm. one is about the situation principle, which simply says never let the situation mean more than the relationship. That's good. When you are trying to build mutual trust with someone, you know, something will happen. Inevitably, there's going to be a situation that's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be something that you're going to have to walk through with the person. And if you are the kind of person that is just going to blow it out of the water and make it all about that situation, then chances are you're not going to win with relationships. And what we want to say is that it's more rewarding to resolve a situation than it is to dissolve a relationship, Deep. right? So you need to know that there is so much more joy, there is so much more fulfillment found in saving a relationship, not letting situations that arise just break down relationships. Anytime that happens where we put a situation ahead of a relationship, it, it kind of boils down to one thing. We've lost perspective. We've lost our ability to see things the way that they really are. We've mm. made 
it's so much about whatever may have hurt us in a specific situation. We've made it so much about one moment that we actually miss out on the many, many moments that have come before and even possibly the moments that will come after. Mm. So the way that you can protect yourself against this happening is to realize that people are always more important than anything. That's good. People are always more important than any situation. People are always more important than any moment. People are always more important than even anything, any physical or material thing. You know what, Robin? This is one of those principles that is better caught than taught you know we can say it and everybody wants to tell their friends you know what i value more than things but the reality is when life happens will you value the relationship more than the situation mm. and I, I i caught this just very quickly i caught this some time back when i was when i was house sitting for back then my spiritual father and he gave me permission to use his car. Long story short, I gave it to his son and we ended up in an accident and I didn't even know how to tell him that we've had an accident with your car. But when I, when he called and I told him the story, he was more concerned about me mm. and his son than he was about the vehicle. And I was waiting for this big lecture when he gets back and he never spoke about the vehicle and we just carried on uh, with life is, is is normal and the next time he was going away he gave me another car and he said hey can you watch over mm. my house and that taught me a lesson that i will always value people more than the things that i have podcast listeners you need to get this one because i've seen so many relationships break down because of this because of a situation that arises and People just can't come to, you know, an agreement or whatever, and then they just part ways. And so it's not if, it's when you That's experience right. a rough time in a relationship. You need to remind yourself why that relationship was significant to you in the first place. And I've got a couple of questions here that you can ask yourself during those moments to help you see the, the big picture to help you kind of just maintain the right perspective. And so the first one is you need to ask yourself, do I see the big picture or just the bad picture? Mm. So are you seeing it all? Are you seeing all those moments or are you just seeing that situation right then, which may be bad, let's face it, but you need to ask yourself, can you see the big picture or do you only see the bad picture? Mm. The second one follows straight from that is do you communicate the big picture along with the bad. Wow. So that means that you're not just trying to blind yourself to the bad situation. You're actually seeing the bad situation, but you're also communicating with the other person, the big picture in, at the same time. And then this one is, is important because again, we don't want you to be abused. We don't want people to, you know, keep um, walking all over you or something like that. But you need to ask yourself, is this a one-time situation mm. or is it, repetitive. If you're coming across the same thing every single week or every single month and it's just never getting better, then you need to ask yourself, hey, is there more of a bad picture than a good picture kind of That's thing? That's good. And then this one is more introspective. You need to ask yourself, do I make too many situations life or death? So you need to look at yourself and be like, mm, are you just being dramatic? Are you just being oversensitive? Is this really a life or death situation? And then finally, you need to ask, do I show my unconditional love during difficult situations? I promise you that if you have those few questions in mind and you really are seeing 
the whole picture, not just the the good picture, not just the bad picture, but the entire thing. You have your perspective right. Chances are you'll be able to build trust so much easier in your relationships. That's good, Robin. I'm sure our podcast listeners are already beginning to see the value of these questions and these principles because just listening to the questions that you are asking right now, these questions will help you get over your trust issues. They will help you deal with your trust issues as we are uh, saying today. Mm. So Pastor Jay, the next one I have to ask you, are you a Bob? <laughs> that's uh, that's a serious question and one everybody needs to consider. Now, we're not talking about Bob the Builder here. Nope. We're talking about Bob the Troublemaker. You know, the, the Bob principle simply says, when Bob has a problem with everyone, Bob is usually the problem. I'm sure you know those people that often have a problem with everyone. You know, Bob has a problem with Sam, with Sue, with Jan. He's got a problem with everyone. And usually uh, when he's speaking to you, he's got a problem with everyone in your group except you. And and the, the reality is, if you agree with a Bob, when he's speaking to the next person, he's also going to have a problem with you. So True. Bob always has a problem. And here are some characteristics of a Bob. Just going quickly into it to help you understand what we're talking about. Bob is a problem carrier, like a contagious disease. <laughs> this guy is carrying the virus that is affecting everyone around them. I've, I've seen Bobs when they walk into a group, uh, when they join a church, when they join wherever. They always come with problems because Bob has a problem with everybody. Another characteristic of a Bob is that Bob is a problem finder. It takes real talent to fix problems, you know. But I've seen that there are some guys that have got a serious talent on sporting problems. Mm -hmm. If they walk into, you know, it could be the, even their very first meeting, Robin. You know, they come to the very first meeting. You guys have been meeting like for years and Bob just walks in and he's got a problem with everything that you're doing and you're like okay you know you didn't even give us a chance so if you're that kind of person you're probably a bob so bob has special eyes to spot problems then bob is a problem creator <laughs> if bob cannot find a problem with you bob will create a problem it's a dangerous thing but we are seeing more and more people who seem to generate problems wherever they go if there's no problem in that environment, they will make the problem. And then lastly, another characteristic of a Bob is that Bob is a problem receiver. Everyone knows that you uh, you can take your problems to, to Bob. They know that you can gossip with Bob. You can go and complain and insult others with Bob because mm -hmm. Bob loves it. When you come and you say, I've got a problem with so-and-so, you make Bob's day. So here, here is the thing. We can identify a Bob, but then how do we deal with a Bob? Because many times we want to be polite, we want to be kind, and we are allowing Bob to influence our lives. So how do we handle a Bob? Number one, respond with a positive comment. So when somebody comes with this whole negative approach, complaining and bringing the problems, always respond 
with a positive comment. Don't jump onto the negativity uh, train. Just be positive. Show your concern for the person who's being criticized. Mm. Because when Bob comes, it's like, hey, did you hear about Robin? Then instead of listening to Bob, just say, you know what? I feel for Robin and Bob will be silenced. Encourage Bob to take some practical steps towards uh, resolution. You know, Bob often wants to just complain about the problem. He doesn't do anything. He goes from place to place telling everybody about the problem but he's not doing anything to fix the problem. So if you spot a Bob, try and help Bob, go and do something. This is what you could possibly do. And that's a better way of handling Bob. That's brilliant, Pastor Jay. Now, that's that's good in handling a Bob. I'm sure we all know many Bobs, but to be honest, I have been Bob. I have been Bob in situations. So if someone's listening right now and they realize that they're a Bob and they tend to be a Bob all the time, What would you say to them? How can you just stop being Bob? So if you have recognized or maybe just even feel like you are a Bob, one of the things that you need to do is to think before you speak. And I'm I'm using that word think as an acronym. And the T stands for, is it true? Before you say something, before you carry the story around and make a big issue of whatever it is. Is it true? The edge is, is it helpful? Yes, it might be true, but is it helpful for me to go around telling people about this problem? Is it helpful? And the I is for inspiration. Is it inspiring? Why am I going around with this issue? Why am I carrying this problem around? Is it inspiring? The N is, is it necessary? You know, it could be inspiring, but is it really necessary for me to point out this issue? Is it really necessary for me to complain about this thing? Is it necessary? And then the K is, is it kind? If you quickly go through these questions and you think before you speak, many times you'll find that the problem just vanishes. You no longer um, make a big deal out of these things, which brings us to the next principle, Robin. Okay, so the next principle is the approachability principle. Now, this is also one I've, res- I feel like I'm saying that with all of them, <laughs> one that I've wrestled with, but honestly, um, you need to ask yourself, are you an approachable person? Okay, so this um, principle says being at ease with ourselves helps others to be at ease so with us. So good. And so people many times miss opportunities to connect with others and to build deeper relationships because they themselves are just not approachable. You know, Pastor Jay, I've been told that I have this bubbly nature, this personality, and that people naturally gravitate to me. But at the same time, there have been um, certain situations where maybe my face hasn't been so approachable because, you know... Um, you forgot to inform it. I forgot to inform my face that I was happy that day or something <laughs> like that. And I've actually had people... Um, I've actually spoken with people, especially at church, where I connect with them for the first time and maybe they've been in church for a while and they were like, oh, I always thought you were a scary person or I used to be scared of you kind of thing. And so that has really <laughs> encouraged me to kind of think about my face, think about what's on my face and just my body language and all that kind of stuff when I am dealing with people. And so I want to help you guys with this because approachable people normally have these seven distinct characteristics. And the first one is personal warmth. Mm. Now, this means that you just generally are an approachable, warm person 
person. You actually truly like people. You know, there are people who love to think that they're people people, but they're not. And so you need to generate personal warmth towards the people that you meet. Number two is that you need to have appreciation for the differences in people. Approachable people appreciate all people, no matter who they are, no matter what they do, no matter what they bring to the table or have to offer you. Number three, and this is probably the hardest one for me, is consistency of mood. So approachable people are generally predictable they're not like unpredictable like a storm that's rolling in you don't know what kind of person you're going to meet you know mm-hmm. in church as you come into the foyer that day is it going to be happy robin or is it going to be like <laughs> robin that looks like she wants to chop your head off or something like that everyone has an off day everyone has a bad day but truly approachable people know how to be still approachable even when they're having a bad day day. Number four is that approachable people have sensitivity towards other people's feelings. Although approachable people are emotionally steady, they might not generally expect others to be the same. You know, life is hard, emotions get in the way, but people that are sensitive to other people's moods and feelings, they tune into what other people are feeling and experiencing. It's almost like what we were saying um, previously with the exchange principle. They put themselves in other people's shoes and then based on the other where the other person is they adjust how they relate to them so you need to develop that sensitivity towards what other people are going through number five is that you need to understand that humans have weaknesses that everyone has weaknesses and you also need to be aware of your own that is so important you need to know that you have shortcomings you need to know you know where your abilities or your talents maybe run out number six is that you need to have the ability to forgive easily and to quickly ask for forgiveness Mm. that means that you're gonna come across situations that maybe someone's gonna hurt you or you're gonna hurt someone else but if you want to be approachable then you need to ask for forgiveness very quickly and you need to extend forgiveness very quickly as well and then finally authenticity this is so key because approachable people are real that's good they don't try to put up this facade they don't try to wear a mask they let you in on what they're going through and so they engage with people on a genuine level and they don't pretend to be someone they're not they don't go out of their way to hide you know what they think or what they feel and most importantly they do not have any hidden agendas or motives so that is the approachability principle being at ease with ourselves helps others be at ease with us pastor jay why don't you tell us about the last principle for this episode all right so the last principle is the foxhole principle and it simply states that when preparing for battle dig a hole big enough for a friend and basically what this means is we are all going to go through difficult moments we're going to go through struggles pain issues that we have to deal with and resolve but instead of just digging a hole to hide yourself and to retreat and to isolate yourself you need to dig a bigger hole for you and a friend so the foxhole principle requires us not to isolate ourselves in times of Uh, trouble in times of battle when you're going through difficult situations the tendency is you want to withdraw and hide yourself and 
just be in this foxhole by yourself and wait or plan or strategize uh, all by yourself. But this foxhole principle reminds you that there must be room for a friend in your foxhole. And this is what I've noticed, Robin. Most of our close relationships are formed in foxholes. Mm. When you're going through a difficult situation, when there's something that you really need to, to deal with in your life and you create room for that person that you know is not only just going to come and criticize or judge you, but they are going to come and understand wh what you're going through and help you fight or deal with the situation at hand. So we need those kind of friends. Everybody needs a friend that you can invite into a foxhole. And maybe a good question to pose even right now is, if you are really in trouble, who would you invite into your life? Who would you go into a foxhole with and say, come help me fight? And I think John Maxwell emphasizes also the importance of not asking a friend to fight your battles. Mm. You know, many times we want somebody to come and fight our battles for us. But he says that a foxhole friend is one who will come alongside you to fight your battles. And don't make it another person's responsibility to deal with your battles. They need to come and help you and fight alongside um, you in your battles. I love this. In my inner circle, we we kind of got this. I think it is from Troy, the movie Troy. We, we've got these cliches that we just kind of throw around in our relationships. And I think from the movie Troy, I think it was the two brothers, the two kings, whoever their names are. They would say to each other, I will go to war with mm. you. And I always love it when my friends say to me, maybe after a conversation, they'll say, hey, Justin, I'll go to war with you. They don't say, I, I go to war for you. I'll go to war with you. Mm. If you are in trouble and you need somebody to come and help you fight, I will go to war with you. And everyone needs a friend that will go to war with them. So now let's talk about these foxhole friendships because these are special friendships. For you to know a friend that you will invite in times of trouble, you need to discover them before the trouble occurs, you know, even before the battle, simply knowing that somebody believes in you and will fight for you is good enough for you to create room for that person. If you want to be a foxhole friend, don't wait for somebody when they're in battle or when they are going through a difficult situation to say, oh, why didn't you invite me? They will only invite you if they can sense that even way before there was an issue, mm. you always believed in them. You are always uplifting them. You are always encouraging them. Because the last thing a person wants when they are going through their downtime is to invite somebody who's going to criticize them, break them down, mm. judge them, etc., etc. So make sure that as you build your trust with your friends in good times, be that person that believes in them so that they can count on you in, in bad times. And lastly... Foxholes without friends are unhealthy. If you are going through a difficult situation and you cannot invite somebody into that situation, you are an unhealthy person. Mm. Your life is not healthy. You need people that you can invite in times of trouble. Foxhole experiences forge great relationships. Like I said earlier on, almost most of my inner circle friends they became inner circle. They transitioned from just being uh, casual friends to like really bosom friends when we went through some difficult situation. And foxholes prove your friendships. You don't know whether you have a friend until 
you have gone through a difficult time together who will show up mm-hmm. when you're down and out it's so easy to relate with you robin when you are high and mighty and everything is fine but when you are down who is going to relate mm-hmm. with you those are your folks or friends definitely and i think it's so important to note that not every friend will be a foxhole friend and you won't be that kind of friend for for every person that you're friends with as well but it's so important to know that you know you have that person that you can really turn to when you need them when you're saying hey i'm going through this battle i just need you and sometimes they don't do much That's the truth. Sometimes just knowing that they're nearby, knowing that they're a shoulder to cry on, knowing that they are just there is simply enough and just kind of gives you the strength and the encouragement that you need to keep on fighting. Very good, Robin. Most times, in fact, if you are really a foxhole friend, you know that when you are invited into a foxhole, you're not being invited to come and fix anything. You're just being invited to be who you are. Just be there. Just sit there uh, and, you know, be yourself. Be that good friend that you've always been. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Wow, Pastor Jay, I have loved this conversation today about dealing with your trust issues. Um, And that is really just what it comes down to. You know, if you've listened to this conversation today and you've realized that, hey, I am a Bob or maybe I'm not approachable, whatever it is that has stood out for you, we want to give you hope that you can overcome, that if you take what we're speaking about this week and you really flesh those things out, you really wrestle with them, that you can become better at relationships. You can become a better person because the truth is life without good and healthy relationships is just not as great as what it can be because relationships is what really brings Mm. the most pleasure, the most joy, the most fulfillment in life. And so today we've spoken about the bedrock principle, which is basically that trust is the foundation of every single relationship. Number two, we spoke about the situation principle, which is to never let the situation mean more than the relationship. Number three, we spoke about the Bob principle. (laughs) That is just simply that Bob has a problem with everyone and probably doesn't realize that he himself is the problem. Number four, the approachability principle, which says that being at ease with ourselves helps others to be at ease with us. And finally, the foxhole principle, when going through a, a battle, dig a big enough hole for a friend. And so we want to encourage you guys to share this message with a friend, share this message with a family member, encourage someone to deal with those trust issues. So tomorrow we will be continuing this conversation on healthy relationships. And again, it is going to be a good one. So do not miss out. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a single episode. Make sure you share this with somebody. And yeah, until tomorrow, let's keep growing.